Welcome to Say Sure, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. And uh, this week we bring back a, sort of a sequel for... No, it, it is a sequel. Um, an episode we did, I think, last year? Or was it the year before? It's been a long time now. A uh, long time coming. But uh, lyrics. We're talking about favorite lyrics uh, again. Um, yeah, we just thought... I, I mean, this is something I've, you know, I've kind of kept on our... Um, community board of ideas for this podcast and uh it just so happens here we go you know we just decided to go for it and um i think if you didn't tune in last time we basically just traded back and forth five of our favorite lyrics each um some of them range from one line to you know a couple stanzas We, we, we we try not to go too far because um you just recite the entire song yeah yeah exactly but i think also i think like uh, a lot of this um is kind of our own reaction to it as well and sort of uh an explanation of of sort of the you know idea of our choosing it and why it resonates with us Mm -hmm. so it's um you know we're, we're getting a little introspective a little deep you know, uh, put put on some chamomile tea. You know, and sit back and and I don't know, get 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 the feels on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I always I always like these ups or you know, well I guess this is the second one, but uh, yeah, I like the first episode because I feel like historically we've talked about how we're very much music first types of listeners. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I always appreciate good lyrics. I like when they're there, but. Um, I'll listen to an album with great music and mediocre lyrics, you know, any day of the week over an album with fantastic lyrics and just bad music. Although I will yeah. say if an album has, and this applies mostly to hip hop, but I'm sure I could dig for other examples. If an album has truly bad lyrics, I think that, you know, it, it, yeah. it definitely matters if it's just so bad that it's hard not to... It's hard well, not it, to get past. Sometimes it can be funny, you know. Like sometimes it can be so bad it's good. Yeah, so like, bad it's um, good. Like, yeah. like like to live crew. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. But um, what was I going to say? I I so yeah. I mean, I I would say that my 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 favorite lyrics are no lyrics actually. <laughs> uh, to to be totally fair, I I I've found that I really resonate most with not having lyrics because it kind of lets you create the story of a song on your own um you know it, it's i don't know it, it i i just kind of like that abstraction but that being said i i feel like a lot of what i listen to has lyrical content and i think it would be disingenuous to um deny that yeah. you know and to to just toss that all away like it's nothing so um so yeah so similar to last time we're we have five lyrics each that we're just kind of you know, kind of swap around. We're going to kind of just go through them all, talk about them all. And uh, Scoots, why don't you go first, my friend? Yeah, I, I had two observations. Um, yeah. One being that, I mean, I just, it, it was difficult to pick metal lyrics. I actually tried. And I mean, and, first they of all, all, they all, they, they were all Hammer Smash Face by Cannibal, yeah. Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Well, for me, the thing was that. I mean, a lot of these lyrics, I you know, I picked them out because I remember them, and that's just 
I mean, first of all, right off the bat, that's the issue with metal lyrics is that it's it's a little difficult to hear most of them, understand what they're mm-hmm. saying. So I really didn't have... I think I had a couple... I had uh, Converge and Deaf Heaven last time, um, but I think those lyrics, it just was a little little bit different. You know, I had some stories around those, you know, sharing, sharing my love of metal with Lauren. Um, but the other thing was, I was very... I had a lot of recency bias with my last picks. I was kind of surprised. And this time, I kind of went back. I think the most recent one I had was from 2006, which we'll, we'll get to later. But the first one I want to talk about, man, like this is... I've referenced these lyrics a lot when talking about, you know, music. So, you know, on, on this podcast. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. I didn't include it in the last episode. And that is Excursions by A Tribe Called Quest. This is one of my favorite opening bars in scott scott do, do you need a beat do you need a backing beat for this no i'm gonna I, i'm gonna try you, to you, hit the you sure i've been practicing my beatboxing skills like for like the last three seconds i'm gonna try I, I'm to pretty read sure it. i'm 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 the best no I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to read it without being too like goofy but um basically Breaking my heart <laughs> i mean i'll read it and then, then we can then we'll talk about it you know back in the days right. when i was a teenager before i had stats before i had a pager you could find the abstract listening to hip-hop my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop i said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles the way that bobby brown is just amping like michael well it's all expected things are for the looking if you get the money quest is for the booking i love this just because i, I love the idea i mean it's so true is that you know hip-hop was just such a fresh reinvention of, of jazz and the obviously you know soul other kind of adjacent genres um but i, I mean i just kind of love the general idea and like how it's presented of how things do go in cycles and musical trends i mean we feel it every every decade it almost feels like every year there's like a new you know there's an artist that's pulling from the past in a unique way or pulling oh yeah you know, pulling from like even a specific artist i mean sometimes negatively you know a la Credit fan fleet, but you, yeah. you know what I mean. Is is yeah. I think of um, you know, obviously there's a huge '80s trend going on right now in pop. Um, I mean, Alabama Shakes comes to mind. Like they do you know, old school like blues and southern rock in a really interesting way. That's you know fresh, but also pulling from the past. Um, but I also I like the subtle kind of the reference to themselves towards the end. Is that Trap Called Quest is, is doing the same thing? You know, they are bringing. They're, they are kind of bragging in a little bit more of a substantial way, like not about like I have, you know, I have so many women, I have so much money, just talking about how, like, hey, like we are bringing something really interesting to the table in the world of jazz rap. Uh, unfortunately, low, low end, low end theory. I have it typed as lower end theory. Yeah, I, I, uh, I just saw that. That's I, I just noticed that too. But anyway, they, um, they, that, that's that's followed by their sequel, the lowest end theory. The, the lowest. End. Um, unfortunately, this is probably my my least favorite Trap Call Quest album. I still like it. Uh, I just feel like the beats were more diverse than other projects. But definitely in terms of jazz rap, this was a, a pretty foundational record. Yeah, um, for no, that style. I, it, I, I think it's worth pointing out too that this this feels kind of like a um, like a manifesto, even though it's not their first album. Yeah, like it, it's like you know it, it. I like I I can almost expect this like on like um you know uh, uh diggable planets reaching. Mm. You know it it just feels like something that they would say they're just like fuck man but this this is how this shit's going down almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I totally get that. I I you know you've referenced this. Uh, I I've I've read articles on Heavy Blog where you referenced this. Um, 
and I think we've talked about this before on this podcast, uh, and I still love it. I, I, I love that you love it. So, and this is a line that I actually forgot how much I love. Um, so thank you for bringing that to my memory or to my, I don't know, consciousness. I, I'm, I'm having a difficult word day, Scott. <laughs> I, I like, thank you for not reminding me. Thank you for bringing this to my consciousness. I actually really like that. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh man! Actually, little side note: my uh, when when I was when I told my dad that we were doing an episode on uh, lyrics, he uh, joked around and said that we should put we should talk about um, Werewolves of London because uh, that's like one of his favorite lyrics there. But then he I he came up with a statement was like, "You gotta crunch your junk" or something like that. I I, I don't know how we got onto this conversation to this topic, but I just. Like just speaking of bad word day, just the phrase <laughs> "crunch your junk." <laughs> crunch your junk. That's crunch a, your junk. That that is a bad use of onomatopoeia. That that that's that's just is that an onomatopoeia? I I, I thought that was crunch just a bad junk. rhyme. Maybe not. Maybe like uh, it's like a light version of alliteration. You know, crunch your or like in a way, like it's a juice yeah, into alliteration. Crunch your I, junk. I, I think that that's just a rhyme, right? I guess I'm having a tough word day too. Yeah, but see that, that that's what I mean is is like you could only have a tough word day to come up with a phrase like crunch your junk. Crunch your junk. <laughs> so I I, oh, I think man. it's spreading. It's kind of like at like um, it it's it's a disease now, a bad yeah. word disease. Um, anyway, so we, we're we're gonna move on. Yeah. So, so some more hip hop. I have yours. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, I I I think. In reference to last week, we talked about uh, Danny Brown's Triple X, and one of my favorite lyrics is off of that. I mean, there are a bunch of great lyrics off of that album, but uh, this one I knew uh, was going to be on the next favorite lyrics ep- like episode because I always think about it, and it's from uh, Blunt After Blunt, strangely enough, which is probably the like least lyrically dense track on that entire album. <laughs> but... Um, the line is, and they try to tell me I get too high. That's a lie. If so, bitch, I would have been died. And I just, I love this line so much. I, I mean, I, I know, like, blunt after blunt almost by heart now. Uh, <laughs> partially because of this line. Like, I, I, I could just I could just go right now if, if, <laughs> if I felt like it. But, um, so, I, I guess the real... You know, clincher for me is is like the final sort of bar is just you know, if so, I would have been died. Mm-hmm. I just love how he purposefully just doesn't say you know he he says died, you know, in uh, to to keep the rhyme, yeah, in a way, and it just adds to the kind of like screwy nature of the whole thing. Um, you know, I I I don't I don't want to I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, th- this isn't this isn't to be a critic of Ebonics or anything or you know like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's more just I love the way that he wrote this lyric because he could have done it any other way. But I also love just the idea that you know if if you were to like 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 there's no such thing as enough in a way. Mm-hmm. Like and and just like. It's just a perfect way to phrase that 
uh, like it kind of just reminds me of like um, I mean I, I guess I'll reference this later but uh, our, our previous lyrics episode uh, I brought in um, Papa Won't Leave You Henry by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds mm-hmm. and uh, just sort of the poetic nature of, of that track and sort of the way Nick Cave was able to describe this scene uh, with very little uh, but he does it in such a descriptive way d- despite using so few words this is kind of like the opposite like he's Danny Brown saying a ton by saying very little but there is no poetry here yeah it, it and I and it it works perfectly yeah um, and I think this is something we talked about last week is just he you know there's kind of a a dark underbelly to this lyric like it's he just is the master of like lines that make you laugh and and kind of you know add to the the fun you know, quirky personality of his music, but when you really think about it, you know, I mean, everyone has their own opinion, but I would say in general, doing a lot of drugs is probably not like the best thing in the world. <laughs> probably not. So, yeah, so I just, I, I, I like that, and he's acknowledged in other places in his discography that, uh, yeah, I probably do too, too many drugs. <laughs> but yeah, this is, it's kind of a, yeah, I, I love these kind of lines where he, he, add some levity to some probably more serious topics than when you actually think about it yeah so yeah i i I really i just like i definitely love that way he's able to you know sort of take both halves of you know sort of i guess existence you know Mm -hmm. and just jam them together because i mean like if you go right after this you know actually it's a little before uh, I think there, there's the line you your your pussy ain't shit till it had Danny in it. Yeah, <laughs> hold up, wait a minute. Man, Love it. Yeah, it's, Love it. I, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's it, it it's a good little uh, it's a good little line that always sticks in my head whenever I hear it. Yeah. Um, and I mean obviously that I I mean I'm surprised I didn't include the chorus because that's that. That, that that's just fucking Shakespeare. And I so. smoke. <laughs> yeah. When I yeah. saw him live, every single every single like chorus in the song, the whole place, like he put the mic out and everyone said it, and no one got <laughs> yeah. tired of it, which is, which is it was great, really really. Great. Yeah. I mean, I how can like it's it's amazing to not get tired of of saying chorus in a way like super which, which again I, I think it's a testament to you know I I think he's just such a charismatic you know uh mc that it just you know he he's he's the one who ties these lines together you know i don't think it would work with any other musician no i I really he just he really has the whole package and i think when he fully embraced it sorry with triple x um although to be fair i haven't i haven't listened to the hybrid enough to say that but like what i have heard it was one of those you hear it like you know it's it's there but it it needs to be refined yeah and he he definitely did yeah i i wasn't the biggest fan of the hybrid even though i've loved basically everything he's made since then Mm -hmm. yeah anyway so yeah you've got some more i know uh, i'm I'm keeping hip-hop going and also i realized that i have you've got like three hip-hop uh only two oh wait only two uh, I couldn't, I mean, it's, it's our podcast, so we make the rules. I cheated a little bit. I took three short-ish clips from three different songs in this album, because I feel like the yeah. progression... Um, also, there's a lot of lyrics on hip-hop albums, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Big L is, I mean, this is somewhat of a bizarre statement to say, but 
I think he's one of the more underrated classic MCs, just because he was taken too soon. His second album was released posthumously. But Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous is, is like such a vicious... Like, I mean, some of the lines have not aged well at all. Like, there's a lot of references to... <laughs> I, I, I'm noticing that, that, that you, uh, you, 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 censored, so you censored a single line in I, this I censored a couple words, which when I recite Bella. the lyrics... Yeah, when I recite the lyrics, you'll probably be able to figure out what word I changed. Because I love I, it. Who I am. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like it just is the perfect, you know, perfect encapsulation of like the, the dark, gritty nature of living in Harlem at that time. And he actually was killed in the drive-by in Harlem. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the track MVP, you know, the, the, the hook is, if rap was a game, I'll be MVP, the most valuable poet in the MIC. Like, that's just such a great hook. But mm. two songs in particular... I just love like the vicious, you know, hardcore hip hop, you know, uh, the first one being all black, which is the first song I ever heard from him and just fell in love. Uh, yo, once again, it's big L the kid who got much props for killing corrupt cops with motherfucking buck shots. So don't step to this. Cause I got a live crew. Might be kind of big, but they make coffins your size too. I was taught wise and known to extort guys. The same Cali. It's Harlem fellows. We do walk bys. No one can match me, tax me or whack me. If you want me to write you some raps, you just ask me on the shelf was where your LP cold stood because it was no good that shit didn't even go wood which I actually I looked up that line so what he's saying is like you know it didn't go gold it didn't go platinum like your album didn't even go wood which I think <laughs> is such a devastating line and then the uh, the chorus is ducks better scat when the gat goes click clack or I'm gonna have your family dressed in all black like I just feel like it's such a <laughs> such an intense, intense line shit um, dude but yeah and like Man. that I feel like is the braggadocious side, but then the title track is a little bit more like real in a way. So I'll read some selections. Uh, My name is L. I'm from a part of town where clowns get beat down. All you hear is gunshot sounds. On 139 and Lemmix Ave, there's a big park, and if you're soft, don't go there when don't go through when it gets dark. Once I was cruising in a beat up ride, saw this fellow named Clyde. Stuck up on him from the blind side. Told him, give up the dough before you get smoked. Oh, you broke? And then gunshots. Now you're dead broke. And, like, that, just that line. And, like, when you hear it live, oh, you broke. And then you hear, like, the gunshot samples. Um, But that beat in particular, and this is, you know, this is how, you know, music can really enhance lyrics. Just, it's this really, really dark, gritty hip-hop beat. And then the end is, like, it gets a little bit like creepy like almost like a like a fucked up fairy tale beat toward the end and it's this guy saying no what kind of life is that for a child and he just repeats it again and i feel like it's i don't know just like that's one of the reasons i love hip-hop because like that that is pretty much the opposite of the life i had growing up and so it's just so interesting to hear like a completely different experience and just trying to imagine and like the way that like totally uncensored, big like art. You know, rappers like Big L say, "Hey, this is this is what my life was like. This is what you know. Mm. This is this is what I had to go through." Um, and unfortunately, he was taken too soon. You know, by the you know very violence that he rapped about. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like that. It's it just it's definitely a classic hip hop album. It's one of those like when you're talking about classic albums. Um, when someone mentions it, you're like, yeah, that's a classic, but I don't know if it comes up right away. Like, it's it's kind of at the second tier, second or third tier, which I think is a yeah, shame. I, I, um, I remember you talking about this a few years ago. I think we, we, we played in your car a long time ago, um, and I think that was maybe the only time I'd ever heard it. 
Uh, and I kind of forgot about it until then. I'm, I'm gonna have to gonna have to listen to this at some point. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I think maybe one of the reasons is some of the lyrics really have not like it's very like they're a little bit like this. This is also considered early like early horrorcore, you know, okay. in the in sense of like very like you know trying to shock the audience. Um, yeah, and it definitely. So like, okay. Definitely like, works. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of like bordering on like, like sort of sexism almost. Oh, like like about? hardcore. Yeah. Like I don't really, yeah. I don't want to repeat some of the lyrics. Like actually, that's what that helped. In a way, it helped me cut where I wanted to stop those bars <laughs> because I got to a line. I'm like, ooh, I don't really, I don't really want to recite yeah. that out loud. And that that's always been a tough. I don't know. I always I try to frame listening to like, try to frame it in context. You know, because obviously mm. some of the things that are said, I'm like, I don't really endorse that. But just like in the context of trying to be tough in, you know, really, really gritty Harlem. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I get you. Um, man, there, there's a lot to kind of pull away from this. I think before we before I, you know, before we kind of get to the actual like, content, just sort of a lot of these lines, sort of the way he's rhyming is really interesting um you know I, I when did this is 1995 so okay so so like illmatic's already out and, yeah this came know, out a little bit a like, like just after like the first big wave of new york okay hip-hop yeah yeah because like a lot of this was just like dang like 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 kind of like these i i think it was that they call like internal rhymes yeah no i remember right. very very talented in that regard yeah like i i really like how he's able to just sort of add all these in a single bar and then just kind of let it like kind of swing yeah. from there um man and it, it, that shit ain't even go wood that's that is yeah. that is great I'll, I'll admit i didn't get that on first listen when i looked at it, I'm like wow that's like <laughs> that's See, that I, means I, how many I kind of interpreted it at first as as like oh like you you won't even go hard for this in a way you won't even get wood for this but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I feel like the one that the, the interpretation that you found is is probably better. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I see there is one other. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, my, one of my favorite lines in the, the whole album is, you know, get out the dough before you get smoked. Oh, you broke. And then you gunshot sounds, you know, now you're dead broke. It's just like, yeah. Oof. Oh, you, you know what it is? It's, um, the St. Cali, it's Harlem. We do walk bys, which yeah, which oh, I, I, yeah, I love that line yeah, too. That, that that that's a great little like like that's the thing is it like with a lot of these like classic hip hop lyrics, there's so much you can kind of dig in to that like you can sometimes miss on like a first glance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> I mean, I I I think, oh man, I, it pisses me off that I didn't pick anything from New York State of Mind. Cause like that would have definitely been here, straight straight out of the fucking dungeons of wrath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, I, I I gotta say, fella is is a very very good substitute. I was honestly, I spent probably the like, you know, second to actually finding the songs I wanted to um, include, thinking of like an apt description was probably number two <laughs> on what I spent my time on preparing for this episode. <laughs> I I just like I I I want to just use that now from now on, 
what up fella what up fella just i don't know um <laughs> okay anyway yeah, and, and now I, 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 I glanced over your document. Uh, something completely different. Yes. Yeah, we, we are um, we are getting as white bread as we can, and we are talking about Jim Croce, uh, which ironically, though, uh, he's talking about New York in this. Okay. Um, so I, I, I guess we're we're still that the the location is still the same. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. It's a nice segue. Uh, yeah, so the lyric is um that oh the, the the track is called uh box number ten and the lyric is uh well I was gonna be a great success. Things sure ended up a mess, but in the process I got messed up too. And um for a little context, this whole song is about uh and I, I think it's a true story, um that he goes to New York, he wants to make it big as a musician, and uh when he gets there, he ends up uh getting robbed. Uh, or no, yes. Yeah, so, so a woman uh, takes him to her hotel and then robs him. Um, and so the lyric, uh, the chorus is that he's calling his parents, you know, and he has to say, you know, like I need, I need money, basically to get back. Yeah. And that you can send it to box number ten, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, he gets a, he he gets the money and then he gets robbed again. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, but I I. The, 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 there's there's a lot of this song that that I could have sort of pulled from, but this is probably my favorite out of this because it's just like I don't know the it, there there's there's kind of like an abstractness to this but like, like there's no they don't he doesn't tell you what he did to get messed up I mean obviously he does throughout the rest of the song but just like yeah they I, sort of the way he just phrases this well in the process i got messed up too yeah and it's it's just like dang dude <laughs> like yeah um uh, i i think there, there's also a personal i think thing for me i think a lot of these lyrics are kind of personal like i kind of feel like this a lot um that just like you know it, to, to just this feeling that like you try you know, I, I okay. I, it, we we can almost include another lyric that's like, "You try so hard and got so far, but in the end, it didn't really matter." It doesn't really matter, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just like this feeling that you know, it's like it's it's not good enough to just schlep in a way that yeah. like you know, for you you need to somehow make it beyond there to actually make it. Yeah. Um, you know what this? You know what this reminded me of? It reminded me what? of um, Jeff Jeff Tweedy's the book we read, uh, How to Write One Song. How he talked about, you know, I, I'm you know paraphrasing, but you know, don't try to outsmart yourself with lyrics. Like something you know, plain simple language can do. And I really mm-hmm. like, like I mean, he could have, he could have picked, you know, any number of words to describe a situation, but. Things sure ended up as a mess in the process. I got messed up too. I just feel like that's just so immediate. Like everyone understands. Like things were sure a huge kerfuffle. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many ways where you could like like overcomplicate that, but just like we've all you know we've all experienced that. Where like we went through tough times and it you know it stuck with you. Like it, it, yeah. it affected you as a person. It's not just yo know, that was tough. It's like wow that really that really fucked me up, man. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I feel like Jim Croce kind of wrote the book on like sort of simplicity. 
in lyrics. Yeah. Like, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think maybe that that's kind of like sort of his like country boy, you know, kind of coming out in him a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I, I think there are a lot of like outlaw country lyrics that, you know, are very, you know, like dirt simple. Um, you know, and but that's kind of how they're able to get the effect in mm-hmm. a way. And um, yeah, no, it's yeah. This is I. I just I love this song. I actually um, when I was in grad school, one of my friends, uh, she was she was like, well, "What's like the saddest song you've ever heard?" And I'm like, "Oh, this song." <laughs> yeah. Like, like without a fucking doubt. <laughs> so I just I always think of her now whenever I think <laughs> of the song, even though uh, I I kind of point a lot of a lot of this song's. You know, like, or at least that this line's, you know, um, meaning towards myself. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, no, this is I, I really, really like that line. Um, mm. And we're gonna stay in in like folkville, but we're also gonna continue this trend of me having much longer snippets than you. So, oh, don't worry, I've I've got a long one coming up. Okay, so. well, hopefully the counterbalance makes sense. Uh, but this yeah, is, a little bit. I mean, there's a bunch of really nice, sweet, you know, indie folk love songs that I love. But you know, it's 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 it's, it's there's the most overlap of artists that Lauren and I like in indie folk. You know, we share a lot of of you know a lot of agreement there. But this song in particular, I think, is just such a uh, so it's I will follow you into the dark by Death Cab for Cutie. I just I feel like um, you know Ben Gibbard, he does such a great job of of kind of complex emotions. I think he he writes lyrics that are very very thoughtful, um, can often convey. Like I feel like this song is is sad, but it's like a sad love song. Like um, so I'll just read it. Um, Love of mine, someday you will die, but I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark. No blinding light or tunnels to gates of white. Just our hands clasped so tight, waiting for the hint of a spark. And this is going out of the bridge uh, later in the song. You and me have seen everything to see from Bangkok to Calgary. And the soles of your shoes are all worn down. The time for sleep is now. It's nothing to cry about because we'll hold each other soon in the blackest of rooms. And then the chorus. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied... Illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs. If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, then I'll follow you into the dark. I just, I just have always loved. I mean, the, the song itself is great too, but I like how. I mean, it, it is a love song, but it's. I mean, it's it's sad. Like it's talking about. It's a love song about death. About death. And it's yeah. I just love. And again, in a way, kind of similar to, you know, kind of simple metaphors, simple. Um, you know, simple words. I mean, I love like the nose on your vacancy signs, you know, that there's, you know, like there's nowhere, nowhere left to go, nothing Mm -hmm. left to do. You know, we've experienced everything. It's okay. Like it's, we've led a complete life, you know, it's kind of, you know, taking a a somewhat positive spin on, on death and love. And I've just, I've always really loved this one. I, I, I like how there's like this unrequitedness to it as well. Like yeah. it, it's it's never oh I love you and you love me it's I'll be close behind you know if there's nobody beside you when your soul depar- embarks you know it, it it's it's like oh hey I I I like I'm here I'm here <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, 
I, I like that. That's a really good observation. It's kind of it's kind of saying like no matter what, like no matter what you do, like no matter what happens, I'll be there. Like it just, it just yeah, kind of, yeah. Like you, you don't have to love me back. I just that's how much I love you. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just this is this is one of my favorite indie folk songs. Yeah, they, for that there's some there's some great imagery here too. You know, just just our hands clasped clasped so tight, waiting for the hint of a spark. You know, that's yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, no, this is this is a really, really, I, I really like this. Yeah, I don't know if you would like I, the. Uh, I mean, it's a little definitely. I mean, yeah, this I was, is one of their more folksy well, songs. I, I was gonna say, like, I, I love, I love these lyrics. I don't see myself listening to Death Cab for yeah. Cutie anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all respect to them, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's it, it'd be like I don't know like listening to Arcade Fire for me I'm like no I'm sorry <laughs> no I, I I get you and uh, I think I think that's one of the reasons I, I like indie folk a lot is that you can just appreciate like there's there's multiple parts to appreciate in a way it's adjacent to hip hop where like you can th- there's definitely like a, a pretty like bland middle of the road folk instrumental with great lyrics you know that that might attract me um mm. it's one of the few i would say that that's not even true for hip-hop like if the beat really sucks i, I don't think oh but like if it's just kind of like typical acoustic guitar but the lyrics really really grab you grab me it's one of the few genres where that that can pass for me i mean obviously if, oh, it's, yeah. if it's atrociously bad musically then maybe not <laughs> but yeah no um, i i I guess you like um I mean I immediately my mind jumps to like Pink Moon. Um you know just sort of how sim- like simple that is but yeah. it's it's like that's kind of what makes it hit so hard. I mean I you know if you want an even better, you know, example a crow looked at me but you know and, yeah. um but let, let, let's not talk about a crow looked at me because yeah. uh, we, we both just start bawling our eyes out. Yeah, <laughs> the, I I have a limited emotional capacity for for that album so. I, i've only listened to it once for that reason i mean i i, 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 I just, don't think i was able to make it through into yeah. like the third track even and it, it, it just because of that because it was like oh this is like this is like gun in my mouth depressing yeah was, oh yeah, this <laughs> like, is really devastating yeah it, and it's it's one of those records that you just i definitely i appreciate more than i enjoy um, yeah I, I i think that that's a lot of people's um uh thought too um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's anybody who's hard-hearted enough to put on, put that on to wake up during the day. But you know, you never know. They, there might be somebody. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the, I, I, the, there is a guy who who wakes up uh, with trap mask replica. So I mean, you know, the <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> Life is a rich tapestry. Different, all it, different kinds it, of folks. It definitely fucking is. <laughs> Okay, I guess we're gonna move on. We're gonna go uh, a little hardcore with this. Uh, we're talking about uh, "Satan the Weight" by Daughters. That's um, one of the lyrics I chose today, and uh, it's because I, when I first heard this track, the first line really, really stuck with me. And so the mm-hmm. lines, um, "That bastard had a head like a matchstick, faced like he was sucking concrete through a straw, some faces not even a mother can love." says the spit and spatter of broken glass from above like wow uh, alexis marshall really like just hits it out of the park here um just the the imagery alone 
is just so oh like like just the line the that bastard had a head like a matchstick i'm like i love that Ooh. like they this is, I mean, to go back to what I said earlier with Danny Brown's thing, that, like, Nick Cave is able to bring this, you know, beautiful poeticness to his lyrics. Whereas, like, here, you know, he, Alexis Marshall is, is bringing a lot of imagery, but he's doing it in the exact opposite. Like, the, the, there's, there's no beauty about this in a way. There's no, like, romanticism about it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, like just yeah like i think kind of like the rest of daughter's music it's just very prone to just it, it it's like a punch in the face like, no this it, this is brutal like this i i guess yeah. i didn't i mean i'm sure i appreciate it at the time but i didn't listen to the lyrics as as closely as i could because these were wow that's a yeah I love that. Yeah, i love says the spit and spatter both yes. the last like that's holy crap i, I was I was gonna say like because I I really only knew that first line that you know that bastard had uh, head like matchstick face like sucking concrete through a straw, I didn't really hear the the other lines and when I saw it I was like I I gotta include this because like that is just like that is a great line like the spit and spatter of broken glass from I I don't know just like the way that comes off ah. Oh. It's it, it's just gruesome and like, but it's just like again, we're, we're we're talking about like four lines here, I think, basically, and it's just like, fuck, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this is something I, I think that at least in the lyric department, sometimes I, mean, I kind of don't like this term, but quote unquote heavy music has somewhat of a leg up over metal is that I feel like with a lot of metal you just don't like unless you really dig into it you just can't you can't pick up the lyrics as easily so I mean that's one um, of the I, things well I mean I if mean, we're talking about this track metal, but yeah I mean I, in, in this track in particular I a lot of people have interpreted the lyrics as like sort of commenting on sort of um, like sort of like the resurgence of like ne- like fascism in a way um, and so, like, you know, head like a matchstick is, mm-hmm. you know, is like a skinhead. Um, I, I don't know if I totally agree with that interpretation, but I don't really, I, I, I haven't really combed through it enough to really make a call either way. Um, I, I, I just, I, th- this isn't, I think, part, like, I, I think a lot of uh, these favorite lyrics of mine are, aren't necessarily about the meaning uh, as much as they are about some interesting like phrases and some you know interesting wordplay that's going on, um, you know, and just sort of the ability to conjure up an image, uh, you know, that 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 that's what sort of interests me the most with a lot of these. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. and I, I think, um, like I was actually I was looking into I found some good lyrics from. I always thought uh, Trevor Cernad from Black Dahlia Murder has great lyrics, and there was some that I, you know, I, I looked through oh, the discography. Yeah. discography he, he does, yeah. and I was like, but you know, in terms of like, I don't really, I can kind of pick them out, but I, like, I don't have that kind of connection to them. So I think that was to you know bring um, my previous thought full circle. Like when you have this kind of delivery where you can you can pick it up and it, it hits you and it just perfectly. 
And this is kind of why, I mean, even going a little bit beyond lyrics, this is why you when know, I was I was talking to my first started dating Lauren, um, so like, why do they have to scream or like, you know, why do they have to yell? It, it really it's conveying the emotions in the song the proper way. Like, I feel mm. like if 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 he um, <laughs> if he sang these lyrics like Jim Croce, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have the same impact. <laughs> I, uh, are you familiar with um, with Richard Cheese at all? Uh, the name sounds very familiar. Yeah, he he's like a lounge singer, but he does these covers of like all these different bands. So he's done like you know um, like Nine Inch Nails covers, but they're all lounge covers. Mm-hmm. So like you know I, him singing like a lounge version of Closer, it's just like oh I wanna fuck you like an animal, you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> It's oh, like case man. in point right there is is like they they do not have the same effect. <laughs> yeah, I, I but like you know, but I feel like that's that's supposed to be funny. Yeah, ex- like, exactly. That that's that's kind of the point. Or it was kind of yeah. like I I don't watch Jimmy Fallon that often because I think he's bad. But uh, he <laughs> he had Ed Sheeran on do like acoustic covers of popular metal songs, and that was actually what kind of. May helped make it click for Lauren because it just the the original intent of the song and the lyrics just did not did not work. It just did what, not work at what, all what, anymore. What were some of the ones that that he that he played? They were all so like it wasn't necessarily the best example. Like he did a Run to the Hills. Like he, he, oh, he, yeah. he picked like you know metal songs that are already melodic and already like they could be easily turned acoustic. But in terms of like like having that big you know sweeping metal background backdrop and like really big powerful metal vocals clearly was the best way to you know deliver that i'm sure you've seen this before there's this youtube video of this classical pianist playing doing a cannibal corpse cover um and it's just her singing on on piano and it's it's all it's full of like you know it's it's a cannibal corpse lyric but it's it's beautiful now (laughs) Mm mm-hmm because she's singing it, and it's like, huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when you have covers like that, sometimes it can, it can work. It can be fun. But like, if if yeah. someone, if someone gen- actually, um, I'll, I'll save it because I, I have an interesting example for my last one where I feel like it kind of. Okay. Well, well, let's talk about your next. uh, Yeah. So my second one, I honestly can't believe I didn't include this the first time around because this is one of my favorite choruses of all time. I'm actually surprised too. Yeah, it was your album of the week last week. Because I wasn't, I wasn't planning on, uh, I wasn't planning on including it because I was like, oh, I must have talked about that last time. And I double checked. I was like, holy shit, I didn't. Uh, It's blasphemous rumors by Depeche Mode. Uh, I just. Actually, I think the verses are okay. It's kind of a, a little bit of a, um, like a cliche story about. I mean, it's a sad story about a girl who like, took her own life, but I just I, I feel like it it isn't as impactful as the chorus. You know, I don't want to start any blasphemous rumors, but I think that God's got a sick sense of humor, and when I die, I expect to find him laughing. Like it's just it, it's just such a, such a creative, you know, beautiful way to voice you know kind of like the the you know challenging your own faith like doubts in your own faith is just mm. you know like and i just love the imagery of blasphemous rumors and like the rhyme with six that six sense of humor is just such a great 
I just love the way that flows together and like the way that you immediately get what he's talking about is just, you know, life life can be so unfair. Like why like why is there seemingly a lack of, of meaning or, or reason for things to happen? Like why why do bad yeah. things happen to good people? I, I was I was just gonna say that there's like an absurdism, you know, going on. Yeah. Especially with the way uh Dave Gone, you know, sings this this chorus as well. Uh that there's there's it's it it, it, it kind of sounds like major keying like kind of positive almost yeah and it in like I, I that, that that contrast really can can play a huge role in sort of delivering this even more um yeah yeah you know, they, Debeche mode has some great lines um you know I I think it's I, I think Martin Gore is usually the lyricist I uh, want to say so. I think so yeah um, um so Real quick, I wanted to mention just because there was yeah. a, there's another album, um, I want to talk about for my album okay. of the week. But uh, I just after you know really spinning some great reward and violator a lot, uh, I just ended up they were all relatively reasonably priced, and I think I had some credit on Volmos. I just ended up finishing my Depeche Mode catalog. Really? Um, just because I mean I I don't know I've been into for artists that. I really like I mean and if it's if it's possible I don't know I just I kind of wanted to listen to them in sequence and they've just been they're a band that I've, I've liked for so long yeah uh, so far I, I just finished I've listened I started today because I got the last of them and I finished okay. some great reward again and uh, a lot of them I haven't heard before and I'm really interested to hear the newer CDs because I haven't yeah it's so I mean I, I like I, I I won't go too far down this thing but like Violator's amazing Songs of Faith and Devotion it might be their best album in my opinion um, after that I feel like it it kind of goes downhill a bit um, but there's never a time except maybe Spirit like their last album that I'm like oh yeah this is disappointing it's it's more like it's just not to the level of what they've done before which I, I, I don't want to spoil that for you but they, not to say that there aren't some great tracks, because actually for uh, this episode, I was considering using the song um, "John the Revelator," because mm. um, that—that's like, that's a great Depeche Mode song. That's on um, uh, "Playing the Angel." Um, yeah, l- l- look forward to that. That's I love that track. Like I, I've actually had t- I've, I've had times where I would put that track on repeat like 10, 15, 20 times. <laughs> just to like go out for a walk or something <laughs> yeah um, I, I mean they i think they're generally good uh um uh one of my other favorite Depeche Mode lyrics uh I, I think pretty sure it's policy of truth is yes. never never again is what you swore the time before like just such yeah. a such a clever way of saying you lied to me you bastard like i love <laughs> that's just such a like i love and of course it's it just sounds so great it really rolls off the tongue um, they, they they have some great lyrics, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I they're one of my favorite bands as well. Also, I mean, if if we're also talking about uh, you know albums that aren't albums of the week, uh, I actually finished my Swans collection. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my CD player will not play White Light, and uh, really, I, I think it might have actually damaged the disc. Oh, possibly. No. That's, that's so. I'm sorry. I have a new CD player coming in, so we'll, we'll see. Um, Yikes. But yeah, but I, I, I'm I'm just psyched to get that collection done. So, anyway, um, okay, I, I guess we're moving on. Yes. To okay, so 
yeah, this is my penultimate lyric. This is this is my longest uh, lyric. This is uh, Vienna by Billy Joel, and uh, I, I'll I'll save my comments for after. I'm just gonna just go through it. Uh, Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. But then if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You've got so much to do and only so many hours in the day. But you know that when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can just get old. You're gonna kick off before you even get halfway through. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Um, I'm gonna say super normie kind of choice for me um and i i mean i i think maybe it's just i think maybe part of the part of the reason i'm so embarrassed but to even put this thing here is because like Lindsay lohan has a tattoo of of when will you realize vienna waits for you on her like wrist so i'm like oh okay but at the same time the one time we're in overlap with Lindsay lohan is is not not the worst thing well, I, at the same time, I'm just like, fuck it. Like, it's a great song. Yeah. This is like, and yeah. I mean, I, there are a bunch of Billy Joel songs I could have picked, but um, this is probably the one that I come back to the most. You know, this is like, I don't, I, there's there's just, uh, the, the, this whole song is just about like, you know, learning to enjoy life, you know, and like sort of enjoy what's going on right now as opposed to then but not giving up on the then. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a balanced way to, you know, look at things. And it's something that I strive through like for a lot and, and fail at miserably. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, oh, man, like oh, there, there, there's just so many, oh, there's so much stuff I could pull out of here. Um, like there's a line later on that's like, you know, uh, was it like take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while it's all right you can afford to lose a day or two you know i'm just like damn damn billy (laughs) yeah like i love i mean i I love the the lyrics i mean billy joel's an awesome lyricist that's pretty yeah pretty hard to hard to argue with um i mean i i i could pull out some ones where 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 you would be like oh wait but you know uh you know I, i feel like when when you write i mean his songs he's He's such a storyteller that you know you're gonna have some duds. I mean, every rap, you know, kind of the same thing with hip hop is there. Are, you know, yeah. ra- every rapper has some really questionable bars. Yeah, but... it's it's just that like for a, I guess what I say is that for a track as profound as this, he has like two or three just like embarrassments. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I say this as a massive Billy Joel fan. Yeah. So it just. But yeah, yeah, I really love the kind of like the, the the tough love angle of this like it's ultimately positive it's like motivational but it's kind of like like what the fuck are you doing get back get back yeah get back on track and i really like that angle yeah well i i mean is it is it saying get back on track or you know where's the fire what's the hurry about is my it's almost like saying like chill out bro <laughs> or get back off track or or, or, or get yeah. back to doing that, that was probably a bad metaphor or, or idiom to use, but just you, you just sometimes being on track could be off track. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I guess maybe what you're meaning is like sort of priorities. Yeah, yeah, you, you, like, yeah. You have to re- reprioritize. Like get your, yeah. your get your shit together, or you know, get your shit together to realize that you don't have to have your shit together. Um, yeah, yeah. I like it's that. yeah. It, it's it, you know, like me, and my sister. Like this is one of my sister's favorite songs too. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll sometimes talk like. If we're hanging out, I'll put this on. 
Um, <laughs> there are a couple of Billy Joel songs that that we'll just sing along to in the car. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how like me and my sister cannot be more different when it comes to music. But like there are like a handful of these artists that like we love, like you Billy have, Joel. Yeah. yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Muse. You know, <laughs> so it's just <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, um, I think that's great. I, I love. I mean, same thing with with my mom and my dad. I, I feel like we have. Uh, there's just like a few artists that we happen to have, yeah, aligned, but they just really, really love. You know, mom and I, we both love Prince. Actually, Depeche Mode is probably the, the one of the best, or oh, he, one of the most overlapped between my dad and I. And of course, Prince he, is coming up too. But yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, obviously, he he got a look at them firsthand. You know, growing up, um, in the, mm. as a child of the '80s, um, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> Let nobody tell you otherwise. <laughs> my cousin was born. I think she was born in 1989, so she calls herself an 80s child. And it's like, well, it's you know that meme where it's like, I guess. It's like yeah. technically, <laughs> just like my, my parents are born in the in the mid to late 60s, so they really like by 80s children they mean that they were like young adults, teenagers in the 80s, which kind of kind of that's like that's. Like for me, yeah. I would say I, I like I was a, you know, two thousands, maybe even more like twenty tens. No, I'd say a two thousands kid, just because that's yeah. that's what I really cut my teeth on, so to speak. Yep, probably same thing here. Maybe a little late nineties, but you know, like I, I I was at the point where like all of like the good Nickelodeon shows were starting to like you know go off air. You know, but yeah. a- anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about um. Your last track here. So this one is uh, what I talked about a little bit of a of a weird pairing. It's a two-headed boy by Neutral Milk Hotel, uh, in the airplane over the sea, which I I love this album so much. I really it stinks that it's such like a hipster, like it's 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 like such a quintessential hipster album. It which really I is. don't think that's what they intended when they came out with it, but that's kind of what that's where we are. Um, yeah. But he. Uh, we're so good. We're so good at preparing. Um, uh, stalling, stalling, stalling. The main guy at Nutrimilk Hotel, um, Jeff uh, Mangum. He notoriously was a, a lucid dreamer and just generally a very, very like, very odd guy. <laughs> very probably. Um, well, just w- w- wasn't he possibly like on the spectrum, like on the autistic? Yeah, spectrum? he definitely. He was very very esoteric very you know i mean he was very reclusive so i don't like after after this album i think he maybe did like a few things here and there but has generally been pretty quiet on that front mm-hmm. um so what i love about this song is just he it's such a powerful like anthemic just it's just acoustic guitar and him singing but he just has so much power in his voice and it just sound it sounds like a protest song or it sounds like a really like intense folk ballad and then you listen to the lyrics. Um, mm. Two-headed boy, all floating in glass. The sun has passed. Now it's blacker than black. I can hear you as you tap. I can hear as you tap on your jar. And I'm listening to hear where you are. I'm listening to hear where you are. Two-headed boy, put on Sunday shoes. Dance around the room to accordion keys with a needle that sings in your heart, catching signals that sound in the dark. We will take off our clothes. They'll be placing fingers to the notches in your spine. When all is breaking, everything that you could keep inside. Now your eyes ain't moving now. They just lay there in their climb. 
Two-headed boy, there's no reason to grieve. The world that you need is wrapped in gold silver sleeves, left beneath Christmas trees in the snow, and I will take you and leave you alone, watching spirals of white softly flow over your eyelids, and all you did will wait until the point when you let go. Just some, like, some very... I I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to know, like, fully what all this means, but just the imagery is so dark but intriguing and yeah especially i remember the first time because again it's like this big anthemic folk chorus but then he says through like they'll be placing fingers to the notches in your spine like that sounds like a fucking death metal lyric like that's just such a <laughs> that's such a gruesome image to have in your mind but yeah i yeah i uh, this reminds me a lot of um Almost like 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 cut ups in a way, mm. like like yeah. like, B- like William S. Burroughs type of shit. That like it almost felt like he he just like uh, almost did like a Mad Libs <laughs> sort of thing almost. It, yeah. it was just like ooh, th- this is cool, and like I, I I love I love that aesthetic. Like I like um you know actually this this reminds me a lot too of um of uh Cedric Bixler uh, Zavala's um lyrics from like you know at the drive-in mars mm, yeah yeah that he he they're always like very very like esoteric and like abstract and like this is yeah like i mean uh i think that the line was it with the needle that sings in your heart like what <laughs> and, and like and that's why i love the like the lucid dreaming angle because i feel like this yeah this just feels like a like a nightmare like it, it feels like there's just enough of some kind of plot and some kind of through line where like it's not super, it's not total chaos, but it's very like dreamscape. Wow, there's a lot of colliding thoughts at play right yeah, now. Yeah, no, th- th- there's there's a lot. Like th- there's one. Oh, they yeah, the line. They just lay there in their climb, like in their climb. Like yeah. I, I looked like, up a few explanations for that. That's some great wording. Yeah, I, I'm not. Like, I'm not fully sure what that means. I think. Uh, I, I I think it's that 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 your eyes are climbing up. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's what I saw. Some people thought like you were, like it was kind of you know climbing, trying to find like an escape. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I do. I, li- I like, like how that sounds. Just like just yeah, exactly. And, and just... I think that's one of the things. That, even though like if you try to dig into the meeting, you're just kind of scratching your head. Um, just the way that he delivers these these lines is so like there's so much intensity behind it, and um, but you know what it's kind of like. Um, I'm only you know uh, like there i'm not totally familiar with this but um are you fam- uh do you know steven uh, stefan uh, malame the uh the french poet no i don't think i do because he was he was sort of part of the uh the, like the french symbolist movement um and you know he would famously kind of write you know poetry that where like sort of the sonic characteristics of the words mm-hmm. would take precedence over the meaning and so you end up getting like a lot of like kind of surreal you know uh abstract imagery going on yeah and i just i that like i like that I, I like that concept and so i it almost feels like he he's kind of doing the same thing in a way um yeah oh man 
Yeah, this is. I, I kind of want to look through uh, Neutral Milk Hotel lyrics more. Uh, don't know if I really want to listen to the, that no, album it's, again. Yeah, another example but, where, like, I thought you might like the lyrics, but musically, yeah, I think you would. Uh, that well, meme like, of the grandfather do, do, from. We, we, we did an episode on this, and it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it oh, went dude, how oh, I, I forgot expected. about that. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, it was just it, that album is mixed so strangely in my mind. It's a very yeah. There's some like there's one straight up like almost like garage rock noise rock song that is super saturated and it it, it just yeah. it feels like it's out of nowhere. And yeah, I mean it's very it's very raw. Like you know like when whenever there's there's trumpets playing, it's just very 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 brash in your face. It's almost like you're listening aloud in the album, and then someone just showed up and started playing trumpet in your ear, and you're like, wow, okay. Um, this is yeah. This is something. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I guess let's talk about our my last lyric. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, "When Doves Cry" by Prince. Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so dream if you can a courtyard, an ocean of violets and bloom. Animals strike curious poses. They feel the heat, the heat between me and you, and uh, specifically. Um, it's the line "animal strike curious poses" that yeah. is probably my favorite line in this entire song, um, because I, I just there's something about that line that just always grabs me. Like, just to have that, uh, you know, j- j- just to kind of take the focus of your song, it like like it's almost like you have a camera that you know you're focusing on this courtyard and then it's just like pan hard to like just a couple of you know just a couple of squirrels that are just frozen by your passing but it's like you're i i guess it's kind of like um like an example of like negative space in a way where you're you're not focusing on the subject Mm -hmm. but yet and you're not focusing on the subject you're still illuminating the subject um yeah, it, it, like a sort of a similar line is um, what creatures kissing in the rain uh, by um, uh, the Cure. It was it was um, uh, the hang, Hanging Garden by mm-hmm. uh, by the Cure. Um, just like just a similar lyric of just like it, it, it always feels like it comes out of nowhere when I listen to the song, mm-hmm. and it just like just always like just piques my curiosity, and just yeah. Animals strike curious poses. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I I love this entire album so much, but yeah, this is he's always had a penchant for uh, for lyrics. I mean, Little Red Corvette is just it's it's one of my favorite. It's such a fun <laughs> I, song, I, um, Darling Nikki. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the song. Whenever we whenever we put on Purple Rain, uh, my mom always has to like you know embarrass you know. With an embarrassed, you know, jerking fashion, skip this song. <laughs> like, like drop. It's one of those, you know, parents react two ways to like a sex scene in a movie. Either they just, you know, they play dead and just don't acknowledge it, or they like just quickly fast forward it or tell you to close your eyes and like freak out. My mom, my yeah. parents were always the freak out. Re- re- yeah. Um, yeah, I, just, I yeah. love. Man, I love this song, but. This, I mean, I, I don't want to sound weird, but it's, I love how overtly sexual his music is. Like they feel the yeah. heat, the heat between me and you. It's, it's again, it's kind of the same deal where that's super. Um, 
that's super plain language, but like you totally like if you've ever been in love with someone in that way, it's just you totally feel it. And he he always he always exuded that from his music, his delivery, his his voice. Uh, that's yeah. why I was always, I've always been such a always loved Prince and gravitated towards him. Is that he's we, never we, we're all horny for Prince. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I love that he's not. I don't know if you necessarily call him like a traditionally good singer. Um, but I feel like like he's such a versatile. He knows exactly how to sing to fit his music, and just I love how emotive he is in the way that he delivers lyrics like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, a big love, love this song. Um, yeah, this is a good I, choice. I mean, yeah, the, I like like the chorus is is great too. I mean, the, the whole song, the whole album is great. I I just like it's always animal strike curious poses. I just like I I just love that lyric. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah damn okay uh let's um let's talk about albums of the week because you said you had a different one aside from uh sort of your depeche mode collect collection yeah so i was uh shopping doing errands in manchester and i stopped in a music connection which i always find good stuff there even if it's one of the most chaotic stores i've ever been in yeah. Um, every time, it's never like it's never gotten better. And in some cases, sometimes it's worse. Um, <laughs> but I found an album that I like. It's an artist that I I don't know if I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever seen this artist like you know live in the wild, so to speak. Um, and I just you know I think it was it was maybe nine bucks or ten bucks, and I was I jumped on it right away, and it was uh, Pop Tatari by Boredoms. Um, oh no way i know i was really i saw it and i was like that looks like i just i didn't know like i didn't know that was a how yeah i didn't know that was a boredom's album i just saw like hey that's a really cool that's a really cool art and i pulled it out i was like oh shit and i we covered an album of theirs for heavy vanguard the name escapes yeah it was a vision creation new sun yeah and that album was i mean if i'm remembering correctly that album was a lot more melodic and on like kind of the psych rock ambient spectrum it very much was yeah because this album is nuts it's just it it is it is you know like capital n noise rock like very intense very weird in all the best ways possible i mean i i had as soon as i put this on i was just like oh yeah like this (laughs) this is this is gonna be a fun time like i i had a really really good time with this album uh i'm oh, just really glad i found it and i just yeah i i i'm I so jealous of you because like i i would love to come across a rarity like that like yeah that I is was, awesome i was very surprised like I, I i honestly that's one of in recent memory that's one of the like more esoteric like kind of so to speak random finds i've had like in a music store i'm like i would never have expected to find that yeah um, but yeah, I mean, maybe it was a case of you know, someone didn't know what they had because if you look at Discogs, you know, it's even just the CD is sold for at least twenty bucks. You know, just kind yeah. of glancing through some of the older versions, and I got it for I think like half that. So yeah, it was su- super super stoked to find that for sure. You lucky fucking bastard, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, that is that is cool. That that is really cool because yeah. I th- th- that's an album I've wanted to buy for a long time. Like just anything by Boredoms. Uh, I was actually it's so weird. I was looking at copies of Vision Creation New Sun like just the other day too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's funny. 
Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I, I Yamataka I definitely has like an amazing career. Just I mean like you know, that was kind of like the beginning of that. I mean before I, I think before Boredom Two was part of a uh, Hanantarash, which was like total noise, you know, danger music type of thing where like he would um there's famously there there was a concert that they did where he drove like a semi like uh I know he drove a backhoe onto the stage and like destroyed shit. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like awesome. you, you can look it up. It, it, there might even I don't I don't know if there's video of it, but like it, it it's a thing like it's yeah. So yeah, super cool. Uh, I, I wish I could top that. Uh, but uh, so I, I, I was actually having a difficult time trying to figure out what to pick because there was a lot I had to choose from this week because I, I was I've been really like getting through a lot of my to listen list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there was a really interesting uh, folk album that I listened to that I was thinking of including, but I think I'm going to talk about this instead. It's called uh, the Beloved Music. Um, by it's uh, it's a it's sort of a dual improvisation by uh, Chris Corsano and Paul Flaherty. So it's uh, drums and saxophone, respectively. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I so I known about Chris Corsano for a little bit. Um, he put out an album with Bill Orca, who's a he's a guitarist. Uh, they put out this year that was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, but within I think. So each track on this, there's three tracks. Each of them are, I think, over ten minutes. Um, I was probably within like five minutes of the first track, and I was so blown away by this thing that I just bought it on Discogs, because um, it is just like, it's just a testament to like how powerful improvisation can be, um, and just to sort of hear, you know, like this is a good example of like. Um, silence being used as mm-hmm. well like and not to say that it's a minimal you know kind of like um like an amm sort of thing where mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're playing with very small like soft sounds and you don't hear them a lot it's like th- there's a lot of chaos going on in this in this album but there are points where like you know chris corsano knows you know it, or like he i don't even know if it's he knows it but like he just doesn't play Mm-hmm. You know, and he lets like Paul Flaherty just go for it, and you know, they, like like it's just interesting to see that interplay and sort of see how they play off of each other. Um, yeah, it, it's just a fantastic, fantastic album. Um, yeah, it it just makes me jealous like that I've yet to see like an like an improvised show because I I would love to see one at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. That sounds really really cool. Yeah, I I highly recommend people check it out. It's, I mean, it's like I said, it's it, it's abrasive at times. I mean, it's, it's mostly abrasive because I mean, it's you know, kind of improvisation, you know, and like a lot of like extended sax techniques and things like that. But mm-hmm. still, like, just just a key, like you know, like if, if you want a good idea of like what improvisation is capable of, like, here you go. Basically, nice. um, yeah. Okay, well, we're going way over time, so um, let's just end this off right now. So we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, bye-bye. Bye.
thanks for listening guys and uh if you're interested uh you know if you want to hear more just you know listen to us on uh itunes pod apple Podcasts, android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast basically uh we're on all of it uh if you follow us on anchor to you know whatever works for you and uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishara Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishara Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.